Thank you for joining us for the Weightlifting Sermon of the Week. Please enjoy this message by Jamie Franklin. This morning with a message entitled, A New Beginning. Amen. There's been a lot of messages entitled New Beginnings. There's a lot of times that people wish they could get a new beginning. So you got one. Here it goes. I got two texts I want to read first. First Peter 1, 3. I'm going to read it in the, in the King James. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can preach on that. Which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's an amen. Romans 8, starting with verse 11, says, But if the Spirit of Him, capital H, this is Jesus we're talking of, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. How many has made a New Year's resolution already? Anybody? Hands? Nobody? None of y'all have made New Year's resolutions? <laughs> I know most statistics get made up on the spot most of the times you hear people say, but... I did a little Googling, and it was on Google, so it's got to be true. They say that most of the time that people who make New Year's resolutions at the beginning of the year are, I believe it was 60% more effective to keep it than those who make it throughout the year. Why is that? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, you're moving from one day to the next, you know, so why is it that we do that? I think psycho psychologically we just make it, associate it with something new, you know. Y'all should make New Year's resolutions. New Year's goals. So I got a couple of New Year's Eve one-liners for you. Are you ready? All right. A New Year's resolution is something that goes in one year and out the other. We're going to test that one right here. <laughs> Dear God, my prayer for 2020 is a fat bank account and a thin body. Please don't mix it up like you did last year. Did you hear what happened to the man who shoplifted a calendar on New Year's Eve? He got 12 months. <laughs> and this is a more serious one. I have only one resolution to rediscover the difference between wants and needs. May I have all I need and want all I have. Amen. So, 
I have three statements slash questions. Where did we come from? Where are we going? And how are we going to get there? Philippians 3, 12 says this. If you want to turn with me, I'll give you just a minute. I'm, I hear a few pages, maybe some apps. They really need to make the app do some, like, page noises. So that way you can get that feel of paper. Anybody there say amen? amen. All right. In Philippians 3, verse 12, it says, Not that I've obtained, already obtained it, or have I already became perfect. Amen. But I press on so that I may lay hold of that which also I was laid hold of by Christ, Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if anything, you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have obtained. That's loaded. I want to read this same verse that you just heard. Remember what you just heard. I'm going to read the same verse, but I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. Has anybody ever heard of that before? Paul says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine Invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. And let us all advocate together to reach the victory prize, following one path with one passion. So where are we going, or where did we come from, where are we going, and how are we going to get there? You see, there's a lot of things in Scripture in itself that talks about starting over and Okay, we were here, and now we're there. We're going to add to this. We're going to add to that. You find yourself 
in places in life where you start new careers, right? But there's things that you learn from your old career that you may carry with you to your new career, but then there may be things that you're like, mm, I don't, I don't want to carry that with me. I didn't learn nothing from that. It didn't help me. So the first thing that I want to point out, Paul says this, this one thing that I do, right? This one thing that I do, which has three parts. That's pretty fitting. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the triune God. The first thing Paul says he does is he forgets. How many need to forget some things? I got a lot of things that I need to forget. <laughs> Made a lot of mistakes in my life. And it's only by that mercy of God that I can move on. Only go back to your past to learn what not to do. Don't take your past into your future. It can't help you. Remember the good times. They bring you joy. Use the bad times only as a reminder of what not to repeat and where God has brought you out of and rejoice. The Israelites did this a lot when they came out of Egypt. And a lot of the prophets, I've spoken of this before, but a lot of the prophets over and over and over again would tell them the stuff that you learned in Egypt, you did not leave there. You did not leave that stuff. You carried it with you. You started making idols. You worshipped other things. Ezekiel, the prophet, talks about how God came and found them when they were drowning in their own blood, lifeless, and picked them up and wiped them off and put fine jewelry on them and cleaned them up and then talked about how they started trusting in their own beauty, the beauty he gave them, and it became something that they used to start. I got kids in here, so I'm trying to be very specific with my words. <laughs> but they started using those things to cheat on God, basically. Right? They started trusting in themselves and then thinking that they were something when only in the kingdom of God can it be all about you and not about you at the same time. He, he's not only my friend, he's not only my father, but he's also my master. And sometimes we can think too much on the friend-father side and forget that I'm supposed to listen to him. He's my master. I'm a bondservant. Jude said that he was a bondservant. Y'all know what a bondservant was? Somebody who stayed. When, when, for, for the kids who don't know, whenever people had slaves... They would release the slaves to be free, but the slave loved being there and loved being a part of that family, loved their master, that they decided that they wanted to stay as a free man. So what they would do is they would punch a hole in their ear, clip their ear somehow, and, and anytime somebody saw that person, they would know that that person was there by their free will, that they weren't there because they had to be. That's, that's what we are. We're bond servants to Jesus. So we need to forget. The second thing that Paul says is, I reach forward. I reach forward. Lay hold of that which is ahead of you and put it to work for the kingdom of heaven. 
Sometimes reaching forward may look like letting things go. How many have had to let things go in your life? Uh, I've said this before, the, the closer that we get to the Lord, the less we can take with us. Because there's things that aren't, aren't perfect. Most of me is not perfect. A little bit, maybe. But there's things that we have to, to drop. There's unrealistic expectations that we carry with us that sometimes we have to let go of and realize that we don't have a grasp on the gospel as a whole right now. But there's some things that we've learned that may be steadfast, but then there may be some things that need to be tweaked. That's the Christian life, how we learn. There comes a time in all of our lives where we have increase, addition, extra. Can we bear it to the glory of God, or would we have been better off without it? Or is it that our best days are before we had the increase? So many things produce an addition, a limitation, a distraction. Can we bear it to the glory of God? We have a story of Peter walking with Jesus. And John is kind of following behind, John the Beloved. And Jesus is telling Peter of what kind of death that he's going to die, which was not a very nice way to die. And then Peter tells Jesus, what about him? What about John? Jesus said, what's it to you? What's it to you if I let John live forever? What's it to you? So then the scriptures tell us that there started a rumor right after that, how often rumors get started, that John was going to live forever. <laughs> the thing is, things we can't compare our lives to other people in our walk with Christ because he may desire something different for us than he does for them. There may be something that's a problem for us that's not a problem for them. So you can't gauge what you have or what you're reaching out for based on what you see in somebody else. That's the way, it's, that's the way it is with our body. You can't, you can't box every person in our community in together and say, well, they're doing it, so I can. It might not be good for you. We're relatively slimmed down right now, but it's not going to always be that way. And you can't gauge that based on what you see somebody else doing. Still talking about reaching forward. At the function, when God invades me, am I pleased with that? And if he does, I have to get rid of a lot of things. How many would say that God invaded Peter? <laughs> I have to get rid of a lot of things when God invades me. Because it's from another part of me that God invades me. Salvation is just the beginning. But we have to reach forward. Everybody say reach forward. Reach forward. To lay hold of that which is ahead of you. We'll go to Romans 8, 11 here if you want to find it real quick. 
I'm going to be reading this out of the Amplified Version. Why so many different versions? It's very good in the Amplified Version. Gives you a lot to think about. So Paul says that he forgets what lies behind and reaches forward to what lies ahead. He also says he presses on. Romans 8, starting with verse 11, says this. And if the spirit of him who raised us, or raised up, Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are debtors, but not to the flesh. We are not obligated to our carnal nature to live a life ruled by the standards set up by the dictates of the flesh. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. Where have we heard that before? But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. Pressing on. When times get tough and it seems too hard that it's unattainable, when you think you can't make it, remember you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If the same power that raised Christ from the dead really truly lives in me, shouldn't everything around me be different? So, some people say, well, I don't have to, this isn't part of my notes, this is a bonus. You could say, well, I don't have to fast to be a Christian, right? You're absolutely 100% right. I don't have to fast to be a Christian. But didn't the disciples come to Jesus and say that they tried to cast this demon out and it wouldn't leave? And Jesus said what? This kind only comes out through fasting and prayer. Right? So you're right. We, we don't have to fast to be a Christian. Or I don't have to take this thing out of my life to be a Christian. I can, I can keep that thing, whatever it is, that's stopping me from pressing on and moving forward. I can keep it. And I can stay right where I'm at. But if you want that thing to leave, you have to fast and pray. If God says to you, hey, I want you to cancel your TV subscription, whatever it is, cable, Netflix, Hulu, you're not watching TV anymore. Would you do it? So, he may say, do it for a season. Maybe he doesn't tell you it's just for a season. 
Maybe he doesn't give you very much information at all. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Right? It's a whole lot easier to be obedient than to deal with the aftermath of not being obedient. Sometimes the being obedient is, is stuff that we do to ourselves. Every, everything that happens in our life isn't God doing it. We have free will. Sometimes he'll warn us and tell us, hey, do this, do that. You don't know what it's going to affect in your future. Right? You don't know how what he's telling you to do is going to affect. There's a story that John G. Lake told in one of his books that I read. John G. Lake had times where he, he didn't have faith at all for things. But he talks about how him and his wife were driving down the road one night, and they were on this road that was around mountains. How many has ever been driving in the mountains in Tennessee? I've driven in the mountains in Tennessee when it was raining, and we got to this one spot, I think it was called Lookout Point, where it's just a little road and you can look out both sides. Anybody ever been there? Well, it was storming. Like, can't see in front of your windshield storming. And I was the driver with my family. And I think we had a few other people in the van with us. And when I'm coming around the mountain, I could see. And when I got to that point, I could see nothing. But you can't sit there. You're going to get hit. So I had to ease forward, praying to the good Lord that I did not fall off that mountain. And we made it to the other side where there was some blockage from the rain and I could see again. So, applying that to Mr. Lake's story, he was going around this mountain and Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, Get as far on the left-hand side of the road as you can. As you're going around a mountain and you cannot see. He knew it was the Lord. Within an instant, all the way over to the left side, almost coming off the edge there. Coming around the other side of the mountain was a semi-truck driver who had fell asleep at the wheel. And he was on their side of the road. And he just did get by. And then the, the semi-truck driver had woke back up and corrected but had he not listened in that little instance, that's the Lord, one, he wouldn't have been here very much longer, and two, we'd never heard the story. But it's important. Those instances where it's important to be obedient. And we might not think that it's going to do much, but you don't know. You have no idea. And I could probably almost tell you with certainty that was not the first time that he had heard that voice and that was not the first time that he had been obedient to that voice to make that split second decision in a life-changing event so we press on so what do we do first we forget what do we do second we reach forward. 
What do we do third? We press on. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Do not be anxious. The word anxious means to be pulled in opposite directions, divided into parts, to go to pieces because pulled apart, like the forces exerted by anxiety and worry. That's tough, because there's a lot of people who deal with anxiety. There's a lot of people who deal with the unknown. But going forward as a body, we need to not have anxiety of the unknown. There's going to be things that God's going to ask us to do, and we're not going to make sense to us. For us not to have anxiety. Anxiety is not part of the kingdom. Would y'all agree? That's not something that we should have to deal with as children of God. So in closing, here's my three questions. Where did we come from? Now forget about it. Or where are we going? Now reach for it. How are we going to get there? Now press on to it. Joshua 1.10, Joshua came to all the leaders of all the Israelites and said, Go tell all the people. Get your provisions ready, because in three days, we're going. None of y'all are moving to get your provisions ready. This whole message has been geared towards this body and where we're going and what we're doing. So get your provisions ready. We're moving. Amen? All right, I'm going to pray. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Jamie Franklin.